we're going to have a jam-packed podcast of episode 9. BOP Brothers of Podcast, me and Outlanders. Now let me break it down to you, okay? I'm going to break it down to you what has been a lot of memes and a lot of debate of the two consuls that are supposed to go to war are now frenemies. What I am talking about is Microsoft and Sony announced their cloud gaming partnership. And for the record, Sony announced this type of uh, uh, partnership in Microsoft as well, but they didn't. They didn't let the PlayStation division know. They were they were blindsided, which is very interesting. But let's let's continue. Okay. So what this what this pretty much what they're saying. Okay. Um, the two companies will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services. Okay, that's Microsoft's press release right there, quote-unquote, all right? So here's the thing. In 2012, PlayStation purchased a Walmart slash OnLive competitor, if you remember OnLive, that was a first-ever game streaming that utilized Gaiki, I think that's what it's called. Um, and then Walmart got the hands of it. Then Sony just went ahead and bought it in 2012. And that's how PlayStation now is born. So they, so Sony had, well, PlayStation had their uh, their feet wet in regards to this technology. So to have Microsoft announce that they have a, a partnership with Sony in regards to gaming and content streaming services, it, it kind of throws me off a little bit because Microsoft just developed what's called xCloud, which should be the forefront of their online streaming for gaming that they're trying to lean towards. Yes, they're Microsoft. They're huge, and they have huge data centers, and they've been in the game for quite some time. So that I see the benefit. When it comes to cloud streaming, though, I, uh, I, I, I think Sony has the upper hand, but I don't know. PlayStation Now is not struggling to the point that they ditched it. It's still it's still doing its thing. Um, still reading, and what I've realized too, um, and this is from multiple sources. You can just Google it and you know cross reference what I'm saying. Another thing I've do I did notice is uh, Sony's cloud services is actually being used currently by Amazon and their Amazon cloud shindig. So PlayStation Store, the PlayStation uh, subscription service, all of that online features, rich features you get and and the PlayStation environment, that's all backed by Amazon Cloud too. So this is no different to have a company utilizing another person's cloud platform. AWS is Amazon's, uh, I think it's Amazon Workstation or something like that. It's pretty much their cloud entity. Um, how do you think advertisements in, in Twitch now operates? They implement those type of uh, protocols. So it is it is major. And here's, here's a lot of people are thinking that, oh, because Microsoft announced that Sony's sleeping with the enemy and now Sony's under, you know, under Microsoft and how they're operating and it's not going to be the same. No, 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 no. Okay. Maybe select people, me included, are thinking maybe Google Stadia is going to be a threat. And the reason why is because Google Stadia has announced some uh, some promising specs and a lot of widespread, very easy, intuitive to play games on your Google um, Android 
OS, and that could be in tablets, phones, uh, to browsers that can instantly play and leave off. Google Stadia, you listen to the podcast when I was talking about that. I say that that's a, that's a threat. It's going to be a big deal. So to have Microsoft go, oh, snap, they're doing this. We just started our infrastructure, and Sony has been having this PlayStation now for quite some time. Let's let let's work something out just to prepare. Okay? So that's 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 what I think. And um to have um in the background to have them working on streaming is great. And I still think, you know, competition builds innovation. That's always the key to life when it comes to uh to technology, you know, or to anything in particular. Anything you could think of of creativity, competition builds innovation. Okay? So what I personally think is they're going to be launching that. They're going to be more stronger with their cloud streaming and then announce cross-platforming too. So to kind of curb Google Stadia. I mean, these are just, you know, battle tactics of the technology world, you know. But this is, it's, it's, it's a nice move. It's big, uh, big for Microsoft, big for Sony. I just wonder what they're going to do after besides... You know, it could just be back behind the scenes of Sony products, but not even related to PlayStation. We don't know. Hard to hard to say, but you don't know that. Sony's not just PlayStation. Sony's TV, uh, movies, cell phones, which they should ditch. But um, you know, they they have multiple facets of of the Sony brand, not just PlayStation. But PlayStation is a driving force, and you know, Microsoft just wouldn't announce this out the blue. So yeah, this is this is a. It's bigger than games, but we'll see. It's going to translate. So that's my take on this uh, this little sleeping in bed with the enemy deal. Another shakeup has arised of the Call of Duty franchise. And I I personally, uh, nowadays, I, I'm not really uh, that much of a fan of Call of Duty games, but I still want to know who is the awesome studio that makes the best Call of Duty games that comes out. And usually it's Treyarch with the Black Ops series, not just because I'm a fan of Black Ops, but the way it operates, the way it moves, the way it handles. Treyarch is the original studio that created Call of Duty World at War and is the one that has introduced zombies to the Call of Duty franchise as a whole. So Treyarch does have... does have... How would I say this? Uh, they're the founders, half of the founders of it, you know? Then it's, then it was the old Infinity War, which it was the actual founder. So it was Infinity War, Hardcore, Infinity War, and then it was Treyarch. And they only had two studios go back and forth. That's why every year there was two different type of Call of Duty games that came out. Because they, they were two different operating studios. And I'm only explaining this because now with the Modern Warfare 2 that came out before, years ago... Um, there was a big shakeup in regards to royalty payments through Activision. Come to realize, uh, come well, not realize, but at the end of the day, Vince Cimbala, the sole creator of Modern Warfare 2, which was the highest selling Call of Duty franchise and the highest selling game next to World of Warcraft in Activision's history, um, they didn't pay him a royalty. So they went about, he left, he got acquired by EA and found the Respawn Entertainment, and then that's how he got Titanfall and now Apex. So... And knowing those two games, they're doing phenomenal. So now look, there's now a big shakeup. 
after Vince Zimbala's departure, they had numerous studios diving into Call of Duty. And from there, all the Call of Duty games kind of went sour. I think most of them tried a lot of different things. A bunch of glitches, a bunch of marketing bullish. The only thing I really did recall and remember that how they did was great is using uh, Viscal Games, I think, the studio. The one that made uh, Dead Space. The director directed Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and had Kevin Spacey as the actor. And it was a great, good storyline. As far as gameplay is concerned, complete ass. It was like, it was the game was on meth from start to finish. And there's so much things that can happen and cause you god dang anxiety, you know? So, but, okay, I, I'm ranting here. So, because of that shakeup that happened in Modern Warfare 2, now the studios that were birthed was half Infinity War because Vince Zabala took his hardcore talents and a couple of his people to Respawn Entertainment during that time of departure. So it was half of Infinity War, Sledgehammer Games, and Respawn. No, not, not re, Respawn? Yeah, I must say Respawn now because I don't know off the top of the actual name itself. Um, to Raven. 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 Got it. Bam. Don't want to... Don't want to fail you guys. Sledgehammer Games, Raven, Infinity War. Okay? And Treyarch helped with multiplayer. So there's four studios in one game. And that's what happened. And there was, you know, half of Infinity War with Sledgehammer Games. And then it was Sledgehammer Games and Raven. And then it was Treyarch. That's it. Treyarch held it down. So at that point, after the Infinity War split, Treyarch is now the one studio that is still holding on to his authentic thread. Now there's been a shakeup that Sledgehammer Games and Raven do not get along. They have been, you know, going back and forth with their, um, with their, I don't know, arguments internally. Okay, that was very vague, but with their arguments, with their disagreements during the production of the games, now Activision had was forced to pretty much break them up and readjust the schedule. Which, again, let's go back. Infinity War and Treyarch, year after year, that was it. It was, you know, Modern Warfare, and then it was uh, Call of Duty: War That War. Then it was, um, uh, damn, there was. I, that's hard to. If you wiki it and see the patterns, it's a good breakdown. But then it was Modern Warfare Two. Then it was a Treyarch one. Then it was Modern Warfare Three, and that was with, you know, would now introduce Sledgehammer Games, and then now we go back. So there's a lot of, you know, going back, and it was. After that, it was one every two years. You know, one year, boom, one year the next. One year, boom, one year the next. After the partially split with Infinity War, then it was three years. It was Infinity War with Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer with Raven, Treyarch. If half Infinity War, boom, 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 Treyarch. Now, it switched. And it was supposed to be 2021 of a new Black Ops game. Now, it's looking like it's going to be 2020. So... It's uh, It just sucks to have a studio kind of have internal affairs and we get shafted over the experience. And it just sucks, you know, because we want a good, good finished, finessed product. And sometimes they work on crunch time. And now because studios go back and forth to bickering, that crunch time is going to be even more relevant because they need to get a deadline. And now seeing that Treyarch is, doesn't have the relaxation of 2021 anymore, now it's 2020. So... It's it's gonna be a challenge, and I hope it does come out great. But I still root for Treyarch because they are the only Call of Duty studio that I feel that has the authentic strain of Call of Duty left. You know, um, if you want more of the Call of Duty experience, 
Okay, just to give you give you an idea too. Halo, when it first came out, Halo 1, 2, 3, epic. Until then, they split. Microsoft, whatever the case may be, had an agreement with Bungie, Bungie left. Bungie was the creators of Halo 1, 2, 3, and then, uh, or not even, I think Halo 3 was, uh, was um, could be partially 343 Studios. And now, 343 Studios makes Halo games. See how the transition, it doesn't feel the same, but you go ahead and you pick up Destiny... And it feels the same as Halo. Just obviously a different atmosphere in a different world. Um, that's the same thing with Call of Duty. You go play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1, 2, 3. You get a certain feel. And you play Call of Duty World at War, World War II, Black Ops. You get that certain feel. So it's not the same with Infinity Warfare and even Modern Warfare 3 or Ghosts. It's not the same feel. Treyarch does play a role to help them out mainly on the multiplayer aspect but as far as creative hell no it's not the same and i know all of you gamers can relate you can relate it happened to it happened with halo and bungie it's now happening with call of duty and it's been happening with call of duty now it's just another big shift <laughs> i just hope this black ops game is the next one is going to be great it's official guys and i'm not really agreeing with it who World Health Organization has now ruled that there is such thing as a gaming disorder. Okay, um, I get, I get it, but I'm not in favor of it, and it's not just because of what they classified. It's who is going to handle it. Okay, and for those that don't know, who is the World Health Organization? Those that pretty much make it official of certain disorders or addictions, pretty much. In life okay so I'm gonna break it down to uh, what they classify we're gonna break it down in three parts and I'm gonna try to do it as short as possible okay they classify it in quote a pattern of persistent or recurring gaming behavior aka digital gaming or video gaming which may be online an example over the internet or offline manifested by reason number one impaired control over gaming which is onset, frequency, intensity, duration, termination, or context, increasingly priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. The behavior patterns is a sufficient severity to result in sufficient impairment of personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Okay, so the first one, um, the impaired control over gaming, the frequency, onset, intensity, duration, termination, boom. I, I, I let's I'm breaking out how it perceived it. Um, I think it's what it's rage, like the rage of 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 the gaming, you know, of how pissed you get if you don't get a certain goal, or or how emotional you do get if you didn't accomplish. But doesn't that ball down to everyday life if if you don't get a certain reward or a trophy, like? these schools offering these uh, participation trophies so the child would be would feel accomplished even though they technically failed gaming is not like that okay if you if you're not technically top three you're you're holding the team back if you lose at a soccer game on FIFA online there's no there's no participation trophy you know 
technically there's trophies in PlayStation 4 that you get when you accomplish things, but if you don't accomplish it, you don't get uh, half of the trophy and still get a trophy because you participated in trying to get the main trophy. That doesn't work like that. Um, So the impaired control over gaming... The frequency of such, maybe, uh, the onset of when it happens, when you lose, or uh, or the intensity of how hurt you get if you don't get a certain kill-death ratio, of how hurt you feel that you didn't accomplish the Tides of War Battlefield Five. That happened to me personally. But I didn't cry or punch a wall. I just said, shit. That's it. You know? Um, okay, next, next one. Increasingly priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes presence over other life interests daily activities. All right, I boil all this situation, but I'm gonna boil this down to parenting, okay? I don't know about you, but when I go and watch YouTube and see all these rage compilations of certain individuals, some of them do have their lives put together and get other streaming income and make it as a form of income. Some of them are mature, some of them are teenagers or tweens, that tend to rage out and they and I'm not trying to be prejudiced at all I'm not trying to judge but you can we all know you can look at somebody and go that kid needs to go out a little bit more judging by how they throw a keyboard at a monitor or flip a headphone or bend the headphone to the point that it is now not covered up on the warranty you know there is there is situations where yeah, you could tell so but I'm not going to sit here and use that as my as my argument. But look at it this way. if and, and When they rage like that, don't you think they need to go out a little bit more? Don't you think maybe they need to deal with life in school in a certain way? Or at least be comforted during school in a social environment or at home? I feel like sometimes these parents just don't even know how to parent or neglect the uh, activities of the child during their school years, especially in the teens, man, because social uh, society and bullying, it's relevant, you know, and to to shelter the child and put him into homeschooling or shelter him to the point that you give him everything just so he can cope, it's not going to work because just like if you're a millennial that thinks you're entitled to everything and you go to a real world employment and you don't get the job and you're going to be hurt, how hurt are you going to be? That's the same thing as you're going to be gaming and how hurt you're going to be if you didn't accomplish something. Doesn't that fall into how, as a parent, you should be on it with your child? Not not to the point that you discipline every single day, but coach the child. Make sure the child is getting the proper, I wouldn't say care, but coaching as a parent and making sure that the school's not, he's not getting screwed over, he or she's not getting screwed over. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, because the child's going to grow up with thinking that that's the only source of dopamine kick and I'm not getting it at school so I don't give a heck about anything else I want to make sure I accomplish this and that because it makes me happy that's more of a deep, deeper issue you see, you see not gaming disorder it's something deeper it's like you need to suffer from three things and then have gaming disorder now these doctors are going to turn around and just go oh yeah you game though because you have gaming disorder that's why here's this that and the third and you could be helped that doesn't work like that. So, yes, if you do not get parental guidance and understand life goals and responsibilities, 
Yeah, you're gonna make sure the first dopamine kick is gonna is gonna sideline everything that's gonna be life, which is a job or education or uh, college. You know, education. You know, it's just, it is what it is. That's what you know. Gaming shouldn't be. It just it's it sucks that it's characterized like this. You know, it sucks. But dude, if you're gaming and you're doing that, there's a deeper issue. You know, okay. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a play, uh, I guess, what you call devil's advocate, all right? There is times where I called out of work one day because I wanted to play Modern Warfare 2. It released on a Tuesday. The hype is there. All my friends are doing it. Guess what? I called out, but I was smart about it. I got paid for that day. You know, it, it happens. But if you're consistently doing it, there's a deeper issue. If you neglect your job duties, that's a deeper issue. You see what I'm saying? And that, I think, falls under the foundation of parenting. If you're not there for your child, then just enable that behavior and let them have potential uh, uh, participation trophies from many, many years. Guess what? Your child's going to be conditioned to it. It's a millennial fact, to be co- completely honest with you. But that's a whole other conversation. Anywho, we're going to stick to gaming. The third one is continuation of or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. And I think that's pretty much what it's saying is uh, back in the day when people are, you know, go to the hospital because they're getting a DVP in their legs because they haven't gotten up for 36 hours because they're on it with World of Warcraft and drink Red Bull to the point that they get heart palpitations or possibly heart attacks because of the Red Bull to keep them up because they're doing and completing raids of World of Warcraft. Yes, that is a problem. And again, if you tell the child to go outside and have fun or go go somewhere and read a book or, oh, let's go to a park or, oh, let's go out and do this or let's go paintball and you know what I'm saying? Be diverse for your child and not allow your your uh, employment to hinder your child's upbringing. Because if you're going to let society and internet take over your child, guess what? It's going to be harder for you to rip that off. Because nowadays, it's all about technology. Dopamine kicks from the iPhone and messages from apps. Now you got online. You got streaming now. So now these kids could turn around and go, you know what? I want to go ahead and I'm going to stream. I'm going to be professional one day. I'm going to be professional one day. Most of these parents are going to go, they're either going to say, no, you're not. Shut the heck up and go outside. That is now causing a child for depression. Or it's going to have a child going to go, uh, or a parent that's going to go, okay, okay, you can do whatever you can. As long, whatever you, whatever you want, I'll support it. Okay, here's your Cheetos. Here's your gaming fuel. Okay, let me know if you run out so then I'll get some more. Okay, honey? Heck no. You got to be realistic. Okay, you got to understand environment. I am, I am blessed to make sure I am, uh, I am blessed to have the memory to retain such technology and such gaming because if my kid's going to end up doing that, and they're gonna tell me I'm gonna be famous. I want to look up to the school, but all right, how how are you gonna be famous when you when you got four kills and you're dying 22 times? And this is the 50th game you played. Look, kid, just you, you suck at this game. I'm gonna show you how you need to be better. Or let's go ahead and try to play another game because maybe this is not really working. You know what I'm saying? You got to be realistic. So to have these continuational escalation of game and despite the occurrence of negative consequences. Dude, just be there. And that could be totally alleviated. Don't give a child drugs. You know what I'm saying? Just because the parent sucks at parenting and the child's going to be the one that's going to go through uh, uh, psychological classes, medication if need be. Granted, some technically do need it. 
maybe most of the games nowadays are because of stresses in society and life and school and education and college. They need a gateway, you know? So a couple of sessions of gaming. You know, for me personally, I want to go sit down with my boys for like good strong seven, eight hours or drinking a beer here and there and go in there and play some games or racking up some kills, destroying, destroying stuff. Cool. Me, that's great. But if it's going to be gaming, 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 and then you want to go out, but no, I want to game, 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 and all of a sudden your wife's wife or AKA girlfriend is leaving you, and then next you know, you're like, I don't know why she is. She doesn't understand. Gaming, gaming, gaming. There's a deeper issue. There is a deeper, deeper issue. And the behavior pattern is a significant severity to result in significant impairment of personal, family, social, educational, occupational, other important areas, which I just dove into. Again, if it ends up affecting, they're looking at it as a, if it affects your family or upbringing, children, time spent with your kids, time spent with your wife, aka, or aka, or, or girlfriend, and or girlfriend, um, your job, um, you know what I'm saying? That, that becomes a little bit, it's an issue, but don't toss the, don't toss the drugs at the child or uh, adult too. It's not just kids. They're just more subjected to it. Okay, as an adult, you know, you make your own choices at the end of the day, but if it becomes a problem years down the road and you and you tell a psychiatrist that gaming is the only outlet, guess what they're going to do? If you have a good doctor at least, they'll give you the the, you know, the scoop, but if you got a, just a doctor that just sees this as an opportunity to just get toss you whatever, they'll give you whatever drug you want and say, "All right, follow up with me in the next 3 months, just take these and see how you feel." You know, it's it's nuts, but they recognize that as a disorder. So I think now it's mainly, I believe it's from parenting. It's from how they, how the child's upbringing is. And then it boils down to who is going to actually handle this. Maybe they should have doctors that actually specialize because this is not just the first disorder. It's got to be stacked onto other disorders that person is suffering from, you know, because again, I personally feel that gaming is an outlet. It is a, it is a, uh, application to allow you to make friends online it could you could build strategies you could be mentally you know um you could you could be awesome creating stuff in minecraft you know you could be awesome uh coordinating and being tactical with your friends you know and they see it as a gateway and accomplishment but again it dives deeper man i would love to have a good conversation with four or five individuals in regards to this but this is just a snapshot and i'm already speaking in passion about it you know um but that's my that's you know that's my opinion. I would love again to have a good solid conversation of just one day of one podcast of just talking about this and to get other people's points because it is something deeper. But I want, you know, in the gaming, let me know in the comments, share this, you know, just I want your feedback. How does how do you feel? Are you that individual that realizes that yes, I put gaming in front of everything? Are you the one that tends to look at it as a gateway? Do you use it as a moderation? You know, please explain because I want to hear it. Super Mario Maker on the way. As you guys have heard and probably saw the Nintendo Direct, a new Super Mario Brothers Maker 2 is coming out for the Switch. And I'm so excited for this game. It's just it's one. It was one of my favorite games. The first one for the Wii U. It was one of the few games I actually played a lot of. And I'm glad that they are releasing a sequel to the Switch. And it's going to have a lot more stuff to this, which is fantastic. 
for the people who do not know what Super Mario Maker is, it's pretty much a Mario game that you can make your own levels with. And pretty much, like, everyone makes levels. You're allowed to download them. You're allowed to play them. And pretty much you just share what you want to make on the Mario levels and share with everyone to play. It's fantastic. You make the game as easy as possible, as hard as possible. There's some people who are extremely creative with this game. And when this new game comes out, I can't wait to see what else they can do with that. Because uh, the amount of stuff they showed during this conference was amazing like pretty much you, they're gonna be doing all the original stuff from the original game of course and then they're adding one of the main things that people was looking for which is weird that they didn't add it in the first game but i'm glad they added it in this game slopes yeah i know you think it's like what the heck is like why slopes why that thing it makes a huge thing because now you'll be able to slide down and, you know, kill enemies while sliding down. And it was weird that they didn't add that in the first game, but I'm glad that they added to this game. Be able to, you know, kill enemies sliding down in creative ways, which I think it was fun. And of course, they're going to add the angry son from Super Mario Brothers 3 in this game, which is great. The snake block, which... There's a block that travels around in the air and you have to make sure you stay on it or else you'll fall off. That's another great. And the seesaw, the swing claw, which you pretty much you could swing kind of like a hook shot to, to other platforms, which is great for when you want to try to get a long jump from one platform to the other. And the other cool thing that they're adding in this game is water levels. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's weird that they had that in the first game, but they had it, have it in this game. And I think it's great that you'll be able to create some pretty cool things in the water levels. Like, I know most in most games, water levels are not usually the best ones, but I always enjoyed the difficulty of the water levels and controlling and how it changes controls and all that. I'm excited for how this works. And then they're going to add auto scroll too, like similar to how the battleship levels were in Super Mario Bros. 3. They're going to have a similar situation like that, which I think is fantastic. I can see some really creative ways to create levels with that, which that's what I'm excited for. And the good thing about this is what they're adding onto this game, which I think is pretty awesome that they do this on co-op building. So that means you and a friend or family member or whatever could build levels together. You'll be able to do it, create a level that you both worked on i think that's fantastic a nice collaborative effort which could work great and what i love about this is they're adding super mario 3d world as one of the landscapes for the game which is great so it's, you still get the 2d but kind of 3d if you play the, the, the super mario world on the wii u then you'll know what i'm talking about and they're going to add everything in that game, including, you know, Cat Mario, the clear pipes, the crates, the warp box, the spike blocks. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome, which I'm excited about. That I can't wait to do this. And then, of course, they're going to have some extra things, including the game, including the Piranha, Piranha Creeper, which is one that pretty much, it's the Piranha Planet, it follows you. So that creates some great levels. The Koopa Trooper car, you can be able to drive through the levels pretty easily. 
and oh, this is gonna be a fantastic game. And then, not just the multiplayer and sharing thing, they're also gonna have the single player mode too, which pretty much follows the story. You try to build, rebuild Peach's castle because her castle got destroyed. So pretty much you complete each level that Nintendo, the Nintendo people created using the game's, you know, maker. So you'll be playing a bunch of levels and keep completing levels to complete certain parts of the castle. And then you talk to people in the castle, get more missions, defeat more levels, and you keep doing that. And that's the one player aspect of the game, which I think is pretty cool. We get to see how Nintendo themselves used the creative to create the levels. And then also you could do co-op multiplayer, which means on any of these levels that are created, you'll be able to play up to four people at the same time, which is fantastic. And one of the, it was one of my favorites from when they introduced this back in Super Mario Wii, the original, the original Wii, which, you know, four people could play, which I think is fantastic. And I love that you can do that with people's levels that they have created. The good thing, like, it sounds like this is gonna be a very fun game and I'm glad Nintendo is focusing on this. And I'm pretty sure that it's, gonna sell well it's it was really popular the first one and i'm excited for this one it's gonna be coming out next month 628 and it'll be you know the typical 60 dollars but they also have a bundle where it'll be 69.99 which will come with a 12 month switch online pass which is you know saves you 10 bucks right there so it's a nice little savings if you haven't gotten the switch online thing so I'm pretty sure you'll be seeing me playing the game. I know you guys will too.